Hello dreamers. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the subscribe button in the bottom right of this video. Go to live in the dream 506 on Instagram and Facebook and give us a like and a follow. And thanks for your support. Keep listening and uh, keep dreaming. My guest today has made appearances on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, Conan O'Brien, Inside Amy Schumer, The Joe Rogan Experience, yada yada yada, he's one of the funniest comedians in the game today. Jerry Seinfeld gave this guy his stamp of approval saying he's the next big name in comedy. He's one of the best joke writers today. His new special, Out to Lunch, is available for free on YouTube right now with over a million views in less than two weeks. Here he is. Please give it up for Mark Norman. Oh, there you are. Can you hear me? I can hear you through the mask. Ah, oh, hey, there we are. Hallelujah. It was a whole thing. It had, it wouldn't let me go through Facebook, so I had to copy it and then put it in the Zoom. Holy fuck. My account was weird. All right, but we got it. Nice. So you're going full mask, are you? Well, you got to do it in this neighborhood. They yell at you. <laughs> Jeez, sorry. Just saw a smoking hot lady. I had to, had to give well, it a gander. Us. Uh, it's a far away away, but uh, she's down there, and she was something. All right, sorry. What is, <laughs> so how, how's this work? Who's this for? What are we doing? Who's gay? Uh, <laughs> well, we're all gay, and he's back. Oh, uh, you froze up. I don't know what happened. Or I froze, or somebody queefed. <laughs> I think it was the queef that shocked, shocked the world. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, let's, let's get cooking. Whatever you want to know. I'm going to open pamphlets. So you like to do your interviews walking. I like that. Well, I live in a shoebox apartment and my girlfriend wants to kill me because I do about 19 Zooms a day and eight podcasts and four pornos. <laughs> so I'm just trying to give her a, uh, give her a break. <laughs> Where are you right now? Where are you walking? Right now I'm uh, in the West Village on West 4th Street in Manhattan in the Greenwich Village. Nice. Yeah, I saw your... Uh... Your Ari interview with all the art on the buildings will look pretty pretty sick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one that was a that was a doozy. That was a long one, a lot of walking, a lot of mask, a lot of Ari. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Ari. Yeah. <laughs> so the new special, Out to Lunch, with uh, Kevin Hart. Oh yeah. That's me. Man, that fucking special is is the best. It's the best. Wow. Thanks. Thanks, man. I mean, that's, that's just been chipped away on the road for the last three and then something almost four years, just tweaking, tweaking, perfecting, perfecting. And, uh, you know, it would bombed a lot on the road. So I'm surprised to be honest, I'm surprised it's doing so well. Like everything bombed or just like bits and pieces here and there bits and pieces and I wasn't I wasn't always a sellout comic so you know you had strangers in there who never heard of me who were just like hey let's go to a show and see some comedy it's like a night out you know and I'm I just happen right. to be the comic so I had to make it work for them too and I think in a weird way that that helped it yeah like I saw the some of the bits on like Fallon and things like that you can see the little tweaks and it must be tough for you to do late night with like your style. I mean, yeah. how much back and forth do you do with the producers to see what you can actually get on TV? Quite a bit actually. But, uh, I look at it as a challenge like, Hey, okay. Uh, you won't let me, it's like a, it's like a UFC fighter all of a sudden has to box only, you know, like Conor right. McGregor is like, now I got to fight Floyd Mayweather, but I can't kick him in the shin or get him in a headlock. But I, I still, I think I can still do it and still get laughs. And it's, it's just a little personal challenge for me. Right. I can't say this word. I can't say that word. I can't touch on even this topic. 
and it's bad for the art form if I'm being honest, but I still think I can do it or right. I still want to know if I can do it. Yeah. So Mark Norman is the Conor McGregor of comedy. <laughs> well, I don't want to go there because he's, uh, you know, he's a very different guy. He seems a little more, a little tougher than most, you know, Jew faced neurotic, uh, screwball comics. <laughs> Why did you name the special out to lunch? Any reason? Wait, are you Canadian or what? Holy I hell. am. All right, boy, that's a hell of an oot you gave me there. <laughs> uh, I called it out to lunch because I feel like that's my whole shtick is like, this guy's fucking out to lunch. He doesn't get it. He's unaware. He's behind the times. And so I'm kind of making fun of myself and I'm making fun of the people calling me that because uh, I've had people my whole life be like, you don't get it. You're fucking stupid. You know, hey, the times have changed, buddy. And I'm like, I know I'm aware of that. I'm just pointing out hypocrisies. Uh, I would say I'm less out to lunch than you are if you really want to get down to it. But so that's why I called it that. It's kind of like a play on that. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, we're, I'm in, we're up in Canada. Uh, have you ever toured in Canada? Oh, yeah. Oh, plenty of time. I love Canada. I, I've done, I just sold out the uh, Vancouver Yuck Yucks every night. And then we added a show and that sold out. So Canada gets me. I love Canada and uh, I've done Montreal a bunch. I've done Toronto a bunch. I just did three sold out shows in some theater in Toronto. And I think I got Corona from it. Nice. And uh, that was in February. And yeah, yeah. Love Canada. I've done Winnipeg a lot. I've done Edmonton. You name it, baby. Nice. Yeah, we love you too. Um, oh, hey. how'd, you get, how'd you get Corona? <laughs> I did. I, it, this is a crazy story, but... I did a show in Utah, and my plan was, okay, I'm going straight from Utah to Toronto to do these theater gigs, and I realized while in Utah, I forgot my fucking passport. Ah, I'm a big Hold on, ladies coming, she might yell at me. And uh, <laughs> so I forgot the passport, and I, uh, so I had to fly all the way home to New York City, get an Uber, go to my house, get the passport. And I was on, you know, I was hungover. I was on like no sleep. Get the passport, book a new flight now to Toronto, and then uh, drive or fly to Toronto. And then that night, do three shows back to back to back. I met every single person after the show. I sold a ton of merch. I shook everybody's hand. <laughs> then my flight was at like 7 a.m. So that's got customs. So now I have to get up at like four. That's after getting shit housed. After three shows, after shaking everybody's hand, I got up at four, got to the airport. The line to get back to Manhattan is a mile long. I'm in line like gagging. I'm wheezing. I'm so hungover. I'm on no sleep. And I finally got on the plane. I landed in New York. And like four days later, I could barely move. I was so sick. Patient zero. Yeah, yeah. And I'm talking. I was death door. Like. I would lay on the couch and just going to the bathroom was was like running a marathon. I had to take a break. I'm like, all right, I took a shit today. That's it for the agenda. I'm out. I'm done. And uh, I think it was Corona because I, I called my doctor friend and he was like, I don't know what you have. I've never heard of this. It sounds like some kind of bug going around. And I think the bug was Corona, baby. You should get tested. See if you had it. I should. Yeah, I should. Uh, I'm, I'm a weirdo. I don't want to. Ah, uh, you know, who needs a test? I I'll hear just you. keep telling people I have it. It's the same with herpes. I'm not getting tested. I'm too scared. That's right. Better left yeah. unknown. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention your tweet about Jimmy Fallon today because I think that is so fucking hilarious. And oh, thanks. Just, and honestly, like anyone that didn't see the tweet, it was basically if we're criticizing Fallon for something he did 20 years ago. Mark is 36. 20 years ago, he, he was having sex with 16-year-old girls. That's true. I mean, That's it's, true. Time's it's so changed. true. People change. Like, it kinda, it's a funny bit. I just kind of stole it. It was in my special, basically. I talk about trans, you know, and I'm like, you know, like, they're like, Kevin Hart got in trouble for this shit he did 10 years ago. I'm like, well, 10 years ago, I was fucking kids, basically, or 20 years ago. <laughs> so, like, it, why is that time why is that difference okay? And this isn't, you know? 
So <clears throat> people change, rules change. It'd be like saying, hey, I saw a photo of Jimmy Fallon from 20 years ago. He wasn't wearing a mask. Well, yeah, yeah, there was no <laughs> COVID then. It's the same thing. Like, yeah, they, he did this on NBC. Get mad at, at Lauren Michaels. Get mad at a national broadcasting company. You know, why are you mad at him? He, he, a makeup so lady true. put that on him, you know? It's just so stupid. And then don't, don't get me started on the fucking, the people who go, he tried to hide it. It was on TV. You <laughs> what are you talking about? He didn't hide anything. It's not like he was in quarantine going, ah, look at me. Uh, no one's going to know, you know? But uh, yeah, so thank you. Thank you. It's a fun tweet. And people are really responding to it, I think. Well, honestly, when this whole black face cultural appropriation, social justice warrior shit all started, the very first thing I thought of was Jimmy Fallon doing Chris Rock. I remember huh. that. I remember loving it. This was five years ago. I was thinking about it. And I was like, I wonder if they're ever going to fucking just criticize him for that. And wow. That's I funny. Mean, Chris Rock was on Saturday Night Live. They're probably friends. Yeah. Nobody yeah. gives a fuck. No, and he's like a huge fan of Chris Rock's. And I, here's, the, here's the how crazy it's gotten. Chris Rock, I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck. You know, he's a busy guy. He's a funny guy, whatever. He's got two kids. He doesn't care. But he's too scared to comment on it because if he says the wrong thing, now he's a, fee a piece of shit. Now he's an Uncle Tom or he's a whatever, alt-right, you know? Like, so yeah. everybody's just going, hey, fuck it. Just don't even bring it up. Just leave me out of it. Like, that's how scared we all are. And then you're kind of like, well, what the fuck are we doing? What, what, where are we living here? I know, it's insane. I mean, I wore an Obama mask for Halloween 10 years ago. Should I, <laughs> should I be apologizing right now just in case or... Yeah, I, exactly. And then you're like, well, no, I'm supporting the guy. And it's a mask. It's not blackface. Right. It's just, there's just no nuance now. You know, you just go, uh, a white guy doing black thing. Evil. And I thought of this the other day. Isn't it weird that you're not allowed to adopt black culture, but you're allowed to adopt black kids? <laughs> like, isn't the kid a bigger deal than the, than the cultural, you know, cornrows? Yeah. This lady wore cornrows, fucking killer. I'm like, well, she also adopted a fucking African boy. You know, like, I, I don't know. There's no nuance. Like my, no, I, my uncle is a Republican. He loves Trump, but he adopted black kids. So I'm like, are we going to call him a racist? They're like, Every, any guy in a MAGA hat's got a KKK hood. I'm like, he's got two black kids eating his fucking cereal. <laughs> I, I mean, well, <laughs> Where's the line here? When does uh, reality kick in? I don't know. I'm a cunt. <laughs> no, so, I hear you. It's, on, it's going off. No, I love it. It's it's so true, and it it is important. And I mean, I was listening to well, it was Kevin Hart on Joe Rogan podcast the other day, and they were talking about the same thing and how during all of this, Dave Chappelle has just kind of not given a fuck about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's just it's so important, like especially for a guy like him who can do basically whatever he wants and he can get criticized, but he's still going to sell out arenas. Yeah. That's the beauty of it is like, look, we bitch all day. We're, I'm annoying. I'm a, I'm a straight white man bitching about political. We get it enough. you whiny, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I got it. And Chappelle went through hell about the trans stuff. He's transphobic. He's this, he's that. And then he wins the Mark Twain Award. So you're like, all right, we're fine. What, what the hell am I bitching about? Yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so is there any topic you won't cover? No, no, I never got that, that whole thing of like, well, you can't touch on retards. I'm like, I, I don't know. Isn't that weird? Like now you're separating again. Like I thought it was all about treating everybody the same and people always do that punch. It's punching down. I'm like, well, maybe you see him as down, but I don't. I just see him as something that exists. Why am I the bad guy? If you, you think they're down, that, that feels way, way more offensive. Yeah, just because it's in the name doesn't mean they're actually that. Yes, and people get so convenient with it. They're like, like during Me Too, I heard a lot of female comics saying like, oh, all right, I'll, look, I get it being edgy is one thing, but rape jokes are out of line. I'm like, well, why? Because it affects you? Now I can't because you don't like this thing and now we just can't touch on it. It's a little entitled and a little narcissistic if you ask me. And then, and then before this, we could do rape jokes, but now that it's a thing, we can't like these silly rules and it all just, 
it's all very convenient for them and benefits whatever benefits me is what we're gonna go with like all right well i'll just do my own thing over here yeah absolutely I'm, I mean, not about, you... I'm not about hurting anybody's feelings or anything i, I don't care about that i, I don't want to hurt anybody i'm not a bad guy just i just don't understand these rules we make up because they don't make sense sorry no 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 it's true like and one thing that was so perfect about your special is just how elegantly you broached each topic and it's it's almost too perfect you can't even get mad at it it's you're not <laughs> thanks attacking you're not attacking the subject and you're making it hilarious whether it's trans I, I or abortion it. or what like it's insane like you your jokes were just so meticulously written and perfect i i couldn't believe it to be honest with you I appreciate that. It's just, uh, it, it, I have a, such resentment towards that because not, not you or anything, but I just, uh, I get annoyed because I'm like, it took so much work and so much tap dancing and so much rewriting and so much, you know, dodging and limboing that I'm like, I could have written a special two years before, but there's so much work putting into being put into like not being offensive and saying it the right way and this and that and like that takes an extra year of of comedy time because i'm like trying to dodge everybody's bullets but uh if i could just write the jokes like i wanted to i could do it with my hand side behind my back because you know that that extra shit is so time consuming and you yeah. know it takes a lot of trial and error oh now i gotta try okay this lady was offended let me let me reword it and blah 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 but I guess that's just part of comedy now. Comedy used to be about being funny. Now it's about being funny and slick. Yeah, true. Navigating those rough waters. Yeah, um, yeah. What's a what's a first draft joke look like from you? Oh, it's pretty raw. I mean, it's pretty. Uh, it's just, just basically an idea. I mean, if you look at the last, I don't know, twelve minutes of my special, it's uh, man, it's gonna be tough to be a lady because they have to hide so much shit. And that's just a thought I had. And it just turned into like women shitting and the period and breast milk and, you know, babies and all that. And like being pregnant and that all just came from some idea. But that just takes just millions of hours of trying to crack that code and find every angle. And then not just find the angle. Once you find the angle, now it's got to be funny. And now it's got to have a punchline. Now it's got to have a setup. And it's got to be not offensive. And it's got to be understandably, uh, like, clear to understand. And so it's, uh, it's quite a, quite a uh, tangled web you got to unweave. And that's why, you know, I get so jealous when people are, like, telling stories up there. Like, I shit my pants in Starbucks. And let me tell you about it. You're like, oh, this is so, I'm so jealous. You can just fucking tell the story of what happened. And sure, you got to make it funny. But you didn't have to do all this threading the needle what that I got to do. But then again, right. people, if you read my comments, people are like, this is masterful and it's so well done. And the way he's jumping over laser beams is great. So people appreciate it. And I appreciate them appreciating it. Well, yeah, it's, it's obvious how much hard work goes into making a joke about such a taboo topic. Funny yeah. for everybody. Yeah. But it seems to be paying off. So I can't complain too much. Yeah. Has it always like been your style? Yeah, always, always. I mean, it, it's gotten worse and worse with the, the covering your tracks because uh, of the times we're living in. And so I had to get better at it as times got crazier. But, yeah, it's always been there. Uh, I just think, look, Seinfeld talks about cereal. I'm talking about Jews. Like, <laughs> to me, it's all just things that exist. It's all fodder. It's weird to me that, like, oh, you do a lot of racial material. I'm like. No, no, I did eight jokes about race. I did nine about therapy. You just think it's more because it's heavier. Right. Yeah, Sorry, that's very true. No, I love it. Well, it's, it's something to be passionate about because it's your, it's, it, it is your life and you do it better than anybody. I mean, ah, thanks. L Louis CK's new special is up there as well. And very good. I'm unbelievable he, special. It is unbelievable. And he hits all those topics too. And he does it so perfectly as well. And he's a natural and he always has been. He's one of the goats. But yeah, of course, of course. But your special is almost just unrelenting. That's that was another Thanks. thing. Like you you compare the two 
main comedy hubs. It's like everybody always talks about LA and New York and yeah. they're always trying to compare the two. And to me, the comparison is New York is true comedy roughing it. And LA just seems to be so, I don't know if it's a money grab or if it's just a business where they're just trying to churn out specials, but some of these specials that are coming out on, on Netflix now from LA, I don't even think they have jokes in them anymore. They're like a funny <laughs> premise story and then they never actually tag it yeah. up and punch it up. I know. I don't, I mean, in a way I don't blame these guys. I know who you're talking about. I know, I know what you're talking about, but these guys are doing theaters. They're selling out. They're gods. And, you know, you, you go see them and the, the crowd will, if they scratch their ass, the crowd's like, he's scratching his ass. Holy shit. It's that guy we like is scratching his ass. This is fucking killer. <laughs> <clears throat> And I don't have that. I, I have some fat lady with a camo hat with her arms crossed going, all right, prove it, bitch. I spent $8 on a on an iced tea. <laughs> you better bring the heat. So I don't have the luxury of uh, being a story guy, I feel like, or, or, or just taking my time and, you know, slowly setting something up and being cool. Those guys are all very cool. I, I'm, I don't tend to be cool. And I'm not cool, but... I, I just I got to get to work here and I got to make you laugh and I assume everybody's bored everybody has a cell phone so why the fuck would they care about me you know I watched like Hannah Gadsby's special I watched some of it yep. she spends like a couple minutes on a on a piece of thing like a dog a stuffed animal on her set she's like look at this how cool is this I'm like what are you crazy these people are fucking in a theater they came out of their house and you're gonna talk about this thing nobody gives a shit about like bring the heat Come on! Know, killing time. Yes, yes, they're killing time, and I, I, I have, I don't have any, I don't have enough goodwill to kill time with the audience. I, I gotta bring it, and I it's know, just like, my personality. I mean, if you listen to my podcast, we're just freaking out if we haven't said anything funny in eight seconds. <laughs> yeah, the Tuesdays with stories. You guys are so similar that it's just back and forth, hilarious, hilarious, just oh, yeah. jokes per minute. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Again, we're, we're so similar in our, our anxiety and our insecurity that we have to just blow out a machine gun of puns and one-liners and whatever the fuck we can say because uh, we're terrified that, you know, you, sometimes you look at the retention on these YouTube clips and it'll be like an hour long and they're like, hey, people made it 28% through. That's pretty good. I'm like, oh, that's depressing. Right. <laughs> imagine just doing that in a conversation you just trail off you know <laughs> and uh so that's how i see it so i'm like man that's that's a failure i gotta keep these yeah. people the whole time and that's why it's that's why as you say it's relentless yeah i mean your jokes per minute are just non-stop or laughs per minute i hear the term thrown around every now and then but like right. these other comics are the story comics we'll call them are are getting laughs for the premise and that's, right. that seems to be their new formula, whereas you are actually setting things up and punching it. And it's like, it's jokes. I mean, it's a fucking comedy special. Give me some jokes. <laughs> I, yeah, I see yeah. funny well, stuff outside all the time. Make it funnier. I agree. But look, look, I don't want to take anything away from stories. Stories, stories are like, you know, an art form from back in the uh, caveman time. Like a story is, is important. The story can be amazing. But it's got to have things throughout it. It's got to have punchlines throughout it. And I just take the story the story thing out and I just do the punchlines without them. So I, I don't know. I have, I, have, I have to just fill it up. And the thing is, jokes are hard to write. The, each one of those jokes that, that blew by in eight seconds, that was a lot of time. And I just took a, a lot of time to make a thousand of them or whatever it is. I think somebody counted I had 483 jokes in there and uh it, that took you know each one of those took some took months some took a couple of days but uh each one of those was a bitch and that's awesome people that are appreciating it. yeah well there's a lot of autistic nerds out there who i appreciate <laughs> you're the you're the type of autistic person that just makes you uncomfortable yeah yeah that's me no eye contact sweaty freaking out the whole thing <laughs> Um, how is your, like, what is your writing process? Do you do a lot of writing before the club or do you just take a topic that you notice and go on stage and hope for some magic? It's getting easier as I, I've been doing this maybe 13, 14 years. So it's getting easier to like figure it out quicker. But, uh, 
each joke is like a little invention and you're just you know what is that tesla said that like i didn't fail 1500 times i i learned 1499 things that don't work or whatever the hell it is and i feel like right. it's the same with jokes each one is an invention it starts with an idea and uh yeah you just i put it down on paper and i walk around in my apartment and talk it out and uh, i go oh yeah that's that's a good way to go with it and then you kind of start writing those things down so now you got your idea and then it branches off into different lines of angles or which way to take it different avenues and then you, you take the funniest one and you put that at the end and hopefully it should button up the whole thing and uh that's pretty much how i do bits do you do you like to get high when you're right do you have any no 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 not at no. all no see some people talk about getting high to write but i mean i don't know how you'd ever remember anything you thought of yeah and also now i gotta have a, a substance every time i want to do the job i have to do pretty much every day i just think that's a it's a dangerous idea like look you come up with some crazy thought when you're high write it down but now i don't want to be better at something while altered now i got to get altered all the time now you're just adding another layer of shit yeah no that makes sense do you remember the first joke you ever wrote yeah yeah it's well when i was like a kid when i was like five i was making invitations to my uh my uh birthday party and i said hey you know come to mark's birthday party i'm writing crayon and I said, be there or be triangle. <laughs> and that was like my big joke. And uh, nobody got it. But, uh, and I, I wasn't like, oh my God, a joke. I was just like, oh, this could be interesting. No one's going to want to come to my birthday. So I better zip up this invitation a little bit. But then I had jokes over the years that I still remember. But, you know, like my teacher said, uh, hey, what, what are you not supposed to do in a glass house? And I went, shower. <laughs> so uh always a joke fan had a stack of joke books but the first joke i wrote as a comedian when i was trying to do comedy was uh everybody looks ugly in their driver's license picture oh wait last ah, shit how does it go uh oh everybody at the dmv is ugly like i don't know why that is you never see any hot people at the dmv like even if you're at the dmv you're uglier that's why when you get your driver's license picture, everybody goes, oh, that's a bad picture. And you go, no, no, that's what you look like because you were at the DMV or something <laughs> like that. It's very Seinfeldy, Right. But uh, that, that was – and then, then my big bit was I was so bad in bed when me and my first girlfriend decided to lose our virginity to each other, I bled. <laughs> and that was, like, that was like my first, like, oh, this is a bit. And that was, a, that was very Woody Allen-y. And then I fucked my Asian teen and, and called it a day. But yeah, that was, uh, that was probably my big stand-up bit, my first one. Nice. That's fucking hilarious. Um, I always try to get my, my son to ask a question to some of my guests, and he wanted to know, what's your favorite joke? Oh, jeez. Ah, uh, that's a great question. God, there's so, <laughs> many, there's so many good ones. Uh, man. Boy, good, good, good question son <laughs> favorite joke jeez i don't know if i have a favorite joke uh i hear jokes i like all the time i that's the hard thing about jokes is they're so elusive they just kind of they're like fleeting they just blow away like dandelion spores but uh i always like that old joke um let's see guy walks in to his trailer he's got a duck under one arm and the wife goes What's with the, well, uh, well, what's, wait, hold on, hold on. Guy walks into his trailer, hillbilly guy. He's got a duck under one arm. His wife is sitting there in a lounge chair, Barker lounger. And the wife goes, uh, oh, the, the husband goes, this is the pig I've been fucking. And the wife goes, that's a duck. And he goes, I know, I was talking to the duck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I fucking stumbled uh, all the way through that thing. But uh, I, I love that joke. I don't know why. No, that is a, I that's love a perfect it's mean, joke. It's, per, it's mean. It's a misdirection. It's, ab, uh, uh, it's very abstract, like what, absurd, very absurd. I don't know where we're going. I don't know why he's got a duck. The whole thing's <laughs> silly, but I love that joke. That's a great joke. Um, what do you do besides comedy? 
not much. Uh, I, you know, I hit the gym every now and then. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have a podcast, uh, a lot of YouTube, big YouTube guy. I make weird videos. I have Norman's land up on YouTube. Now I have Corona comedy. I just try to stay funny, stay in the comedy world. Uh, not much, not much bang the gal. Sometimes I go on a trip with her. Uh, yeah, I watch a lot of movies, eat out a lot. I drink, I drink too much. Do shrooms, big shroom douche. Are you? Oh yeah, I love shrooms. My favorite drug, easily. So, walk me through a shroom trip for you. Uh, Do you like to go hired on it? Uh, yeah, I like to get in there. I mean, the other day I I just wanted some, so I ate a stem just randomly, and that was kind of fun. But yeah, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it up. Yeah. So, do you like to go to, like music festivals or just concerts? No, I like to do it with a lady. With me and my lady, will do it. And we'll we'll be in like New Orleans, or we'll be in some weird place, and then we'll trip, like on a on a on a vacation, and that's a lot of fun. So you got the new place plus the drugs, and uh, boy, that's a good time. And you got the lady there to like be with you and bounce shit off of, and uh, you, you know somebody you feel comfortable with. So that's nice. Yeah. Some of my favorite stories that you tell, like just in interviews and things like that, have always been like random skin stories from the road and things like that. But now, <laughs> but now you have a girlfriend. So what's what's that like? Uh, it's a different world. I mean, the the random gash is always great. And I think every guy would like to, if we're being honest, every guy would like to plow a stranger, you know, <laughs> four times a year. But uh Girlfriend is cool. Like it's it's just so much more mellow. Like all that strange you're getting out there, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of texting and time and uh, you know, effort and lying just to try to get laid. And that's the weird thing about sex is women, you know, they like it, but it's boy, it's a real chore to get it to happen. So uh it's very strange that way. But hey, look, we're all different. But uh yeah, yeah. So having a gal is a, you get the connection, you get the compa- uh, companionship, and you get to bang a gal, which is great. Um, so I think girlfriend is better in the long run. You know, that's why so many people get married and we're scared of being alone, let's be honest. But uh, yeah, let's not, let's not discount the random trim out there. <laughs> what does she do? She is in some kind of salesy marketing E influencer e gig something with sales and i think she hates it <laughs> perfect <laughs> yeah so norman's land i i really like that how is new york during quarantine like you're just living it up it must be like a really cool experience to be able to just do anything anywhere yeah it was cool the first two months and now it's like all right <laughs> all right let's get going here like i had that joke i that feel been stealing from me left and right about uh, you know, Corona's like the check engine light. At first it was scary. And now you're like, ah, fuck it. I got to go to work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, it was cool in the beginning, you know, walking down fifth Avenue, I have my motorcycle. So I would just zoom up all over the city and just, you know, zip up and down Broadway and shit. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, now I'm just like, all right, all right. We got it. I took a piss in Chinatown on, on canal <laughs> street. It's, it's cool. It's funny. But now I'm like, all right, it's kind of like home alone where you're like, Oh my God, everybody left. This is so cool. And after a while you're like, all right, I want to hug my mom. That is a great analogy. Oh, maybe I'll tweet that today. Yeah, you should. That's perfect. All right. See, we wrote a joke. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, I, I guess I'm thought of it if I didn't talk to you. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a credit in the next special. <laughs> all right. You got it. <laughs> Um, I got some fan questions I'll get to, and then I can let you get back to home alone. All right. Uh, had someone say, what is your best memory from touring with Burt Chrysler? So Burt Kreischer. <laughs> yeah. Whoo, man. So many great memories. I mean, that guy just knows how to live and knows how to have fun. And uh, let's see. Well, uh every day as much fun as we had every day was tough because you know you get two hours of sleep you're fucking hung over out of your mind and you got to get to the copenhagen airport to fly to antwerp that day 
So, uh, so many great memories. I took a lot of photos, but the one that sticks out the most is, uh, well, when he almost yacked in the Copenhagen airport bar at 9 a.m. while some guy was chatting to us about, you know, the weather. Uh, that was pretty great. Um, but let's see. Amsterdam was amazing. Uh, Scotland was crazy. Jeez, I'm trying to think. That's a good question. One night or one day we all got together and had like eight Guinnesses at about noon. And then we went and did a show. You know, we went home, went to bed, went, went back out for the shows at the, this place in Dublin and drank at the shows and then partied all night and then got on a flight. But that's, you know, oh, and then he, he went to the pizza place in Dublin. Like he, the bar would just follow him because he was like the life of the party. And he ended up taking everybody out for pizza. And I remember this great visual, and I have it in my phone, of him walking out of the pizza place, you know, drunk, fat, Bert. He's got about, <laughs> like, eight pizzas stacked up over his face. And the whole crowd going, yeah, the machine, the machine. And he's just, like, whipping pizzas at people. And uh, it was just this magical night. Um, let me see. What else? I don't know. Does that count? Uh, that counts. Okay, okay. <laughs> That was pretty great. I, I know I'm going to think of eight things when uh, when uh, I leave you. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm sure you Sorry. have just cr a crazy amount of stories. Like, you tour did you tour with Louie? A little bit, yeah. Louie was – I was such a fan that I, I got to be honest, I, I kind of just froze up the whole tour because he's, you know, such a great comic. And I, I watched him as, as a – before I did comedy, I knew who he was. And I was a fan. So, and I just think he's such a genius. So it was like, I couldn't really get comfortable because I was so uh, obsessed with his stuff. And I, it'd just be weird. He's like, I used to have this joke. And I'm like, I know it, I know it. And I would quote the joke. And he was like, all right, all right, you fucking psycho. <laughs> like, I, I know him too well. So uh, that, that nothing really crazy happened there. But that was uh, just, some just jerking a, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I allowed. And, yeah, of course. Uh, but, but yeah, those shows were amazing, and seeing him in a suit pacing around backstage at the DAR in, in Washington D.C., which is this giant arena kind of place, and like he was nervous. And one time he he did like he taped five shows. This is how much of a perfectionist nut he is. He taped five shows, and he never felt like he had it. And we go out to eat every night, and he's like, "I don't have it. This is that wasn't the one." You know, it's a big Netflix special. And the last night. He's pacing in his hotel, in his dressing room backstage, and he wrote down a piece of paper, this is it. This is it. And then he went out and just killed it, and that he got it, and I stole that piece of paper, and I still have it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It would, is it tough, like, I mean, to be with these comedians all the time? I mean, like, you probably grew up looking up to them all, and do you get starstruck? Ah, uh, well, I mean, of course, Seinfeld, I hope for Seinfeld, and, you know, the first 20 minutes is just me shitting myself, but that's, it's really a beautiful thing about comedians is you're the same person. I mean, sure, he's a zillionaire, he's an American icon, he's a great comic, and blah, 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 but I mean, you're really the same, you know, you can't really say that with music. Some guy who's playing a guitar, playing guitar at an Irish pub on Saturdays, is not the same as Mick Jagger, but... I feel like I hang out with Seinfeld. I'm like, we're the same guy. We're just both nutty, insecure goofballs who totally understand each other. We're totally on the same wavelength. And yet we're, we couldn't be further apart career-wise or just life-wise. You know, he's got two kids going to college and, you know, eight million cars and Jew and the whole thing. And I'm a fucking dweeb from Louisiana. And, I, you know, I got two sticks to rub together. I got barely a comedy career. And we're, we're hanging in a green room and it, it couldn't be more normal. Yeah, it's fucking, it's mind-blowing, really. It is that's cool. That's comedy. Yeah, it's this very little pretension. Whereas music is all pretension. You know, it's leather yeah. pants and fucking long hair and dumb, you know, just bullshit, cool guy stuff. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite clubs in New York? Uh, oh, obviously the Comedy Cellar is amazing, special place. This is how great the Comedy Cellar is. They just email or they mailed all the comics who work there 
uh, Zoom kits. Like they sent you a ring light, a microphone for your laptop, a green screen. They just sent that out to like, oh, we want when we Zoom with you, we want you to, we want it to look good, we want it to look professional. That's how top notch they are. So just like the regulars who are on the, on the yeah. payroll. Yeah, exactly. Because you got to get past there, and it's a whole process. Uh, the stand is great. I love the stand. They built the new club in Union Square, and it's fucking beautiful and perfect layout, perfectly constructed. And uh, the crowds are really coming out where they were. And uh, that, that was a great club because you could, really, uh, you could really be a real comic there and work out and try shit. And I felt like the crowds got it. And they were really cultivating a, an audience over there. Whereas the cellar almost is, you know, it's the top of the mountain, but it's the, the, re the reason it's top of the mountain is because you can't fuck around in there. You got to fucking bring it. You got to kill it. And it's very touristy. Whereas the stand felt like real comedy people. So like, were you a comedy fanatic growing up? I was, but not, not stand up. Stand up was too intellectual for me, I think as a kid. And it was too boring. You know, as a kid, you need to, uh, you need colors and dildos. So like as a kid, I liked, uh, you know, SNL more and comedy movies and the Simpsons and cartoons and shit like that. Uh, you know, Mr. Bean or Ace Ventura, you know, was good as a kid. But then, then I started finding George Carlin. I started finding Chris, Chris Rock's Bigger and Blacker was really the thing that was like, holy shit, I didn't know you could do this. I didn't know this was a thing. And then I just took a deep dive and you find Geraldo, you find Mitch Hedberg, you find uh, all the Carlin stuff and the old stuff and, you know, Bob Newhart. And then it was, then it was over. So what was your plan before comedy? uh you know ups guy something like that like, i remember I, ups guy was always the thing where i was like that that could be something you know you're in a you're in a car with no door you got shorts on no office everybody loves a package you know that was like <laughs> my big that was my big dream was ups guy yeah i, f I feel like you look like a ups guy oh all right i'll take it i'm, I'm sure you probably <laughs> rail some housewives you know with those those calves out there, you know, and, uh, you know, they're at home alone. The husband's at work. Could be fun. See, I've already <laughs> fantasized about, about the whole gig. And then, you know, Mad Men, if I was really fan, Mad Men would be like a dream gig, uh, you know, like coming up with slogans. But that's kind of comedy. You know, you're coming up with something catchy. You're coming up with something clever. So it's very similar to comedy. I just didn't, I didn't ever assume I could be a comic. That was like being an astronaut. Yeah. Was was your plan ever to try to get into TV? Sure, sure. I mean, you try. When I was uh, in college, I tried out for the weatherman uh, at, the, at the college TV station, and I didn't get it. But that was just, to me, that was like, whoa, if I could get this, I'd be, I'd be happy for the rest of my life. Just because it's a camera, and it's TV, and it's showbiz. But uh, me not getting it was just... That was very normal. Like, oh, yeah, of course I didn't get it. It's me. <laughs> Why would the fuck would they hire me to be the weatherman? <laughs> so now your new special has over a million views, and you put it oh, out yeah. yourself. 12 so, days. Yeah, that's, that's fucking crazy. I mean. Thank you. What's the plan now? You're, you're probably the hottest comic going right now. Wow, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, uh. It's pretty cool. I mean, it, the, the numbers are nice because it's, it's something to show people like, you know, you go, hey, I'm a pretty funny guy. You know, watch my tape. They go, yeah, yeah, everybody's a funny guy. Everybody's got a tape. And then you see the numbers come out and it goes to 12 mil or a mil in 12 days. You're like, hey, you cunts. How about a, how about a, a little high five? You know, how about a congratulations? And it's, it's coming. I've gotten a lot of offers. I got a Netflix offer. I'm not, not going to give any details, but. I got a new agent out of it, so it paid off. It was all a risk, and it paid off. Yeah, I mean, it paid off big time. Sam Sam Muriel did the same thing, and I know you guys yeah. are good friends. And yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Just, it's awesome to see the success coming from it because for you guys to be overlooked, this goes back to what I said starting out. You guys are two of the best joke writers out there. You're right. not just telling bullshit stories. You guys are hitting hard every night, and it. It, it really shows. I mean, I saw Sam at the stand a couple years ago and mm -hmm. it, it's one of those things where it just stands out. Like this guy's for real. Yes. Do people, yes. Why do these guys, why are they not bigger? And I think it's coming. I think it's coming. 
he's one of the best out there. And yet the industry, much like myself, has just passed over us and not given a fuck. And even if you tell them, you go, yeah, but this guy's one of the best joke writers. They go, ah, yeah, I know. But they just care about tickets. I mean, it's a business. I get it. They just care about tickets. And you go, I know, but he could sell tickets, you come guzzler, if you fucking put them out there and give them exposure. And they go, ah, I don't know. I'm like, well, what do you need? He's got the jokes. It's so frustrating. Ah, yeah. they'd rather give the they'd rather give the famous guy like Jeff Garland. They'd rather give somebody who's already got a following. They don't even tell jokes. They're not a comedian, but they'd rather have that in the stage. I and look, I get that. I get the Jeff Garland because it's a safer bet. But you're in the comedy biz. At some point, you have to have knowledge of 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 who could maybe make it. I mean, there's got to be some algorithm or numbers or something. Like, if you don't know, then who the fuck's going to know? Like, ah, the whole thing is baffling. I know. And I haven't used I the word baffling in my whole life. <laughs> it's, it calls, calls for it, this situation. <laughs> it's very strange. And then, <laughs> and then when you, when you hit the million, they go, Hey, what's shaking, buddy? Good to, good to talk to you. You're like, good to talk to me. Remember me from a month ago when I was on my knees <laughs> licking your balls, trying to get a fucking minute on your station? God damn. Ah. Ah, it drives me fucking... And if you've seen Comedy Central, they just put my special on YouTube, the one that they shot from years ago. And I'm like, oh, isn't that convenient? I should have put this thing on YouTube t- five years ago, but now that I got some, some jizz flowing down the river from my asshole, now, now you're putting mine up. How convenient. Yeah, piggybacking on the success. Right. God, the, the queefs in this biz, it boggles my asshole. I know. Is there a lot of politics to it? I mean, there obviously is, but... Sure. Like, like It's all politics. I don't know. There's not a lot. Yeah. It's all. I mean, everything is, I guess, if you really get down to brass tacks. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but I mean, if you're good, you're going you're gonna to break through those walls. And I mean, you're, you and Sam are proving that. And thanks, thanks. But th- just think about it. If we were alive in the '80s, well, in the '80s, we'd probably been fine because there wasn't like it wasn't like diversity. You know, it was just like, hey, funny guys. But uh, right. just think, like, if you were a musician in the '50s and you couldn't get that song on the radio, but everybody loved the song, and they just had to go, all right, well, I guess I'll stay working at the post office or whatever because I couldn't get that that song going. It just sucks that these gatekeepers are clueless, and yet they're the gatekeepers. That's what bugs me. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, the advertising side of things, they're trying to make things politically correct to get more sponsors and like, and then we just get back to money. It's all a business. Right, 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 right. Hey, look, uh, you know, I get it. I get it. You gotta, I mean, the reason we're trying to hit them up is because they have a business and we don't. So thank God for YouTube. Yeah, true. So now is this, Burt Kreischer tour going to happen? I heard you talking about it in one of your interviews. Well, I, uh, I talked to him yesterday and he's doing a drive-in movie theater tour, which is pretty genius because, you know, with the whole social distancing and I, I want to go, I just want to go and party. But since I got this new agent now with the special, uh, he's already gotten me a bunch of gigs. So I got to do my own shit. Right. So are you, doing a show soon that's not zoom like are you doing crowds anytime soon yeah yeah next week next friday so about a week from today i'm doing uh the addison improv which is in dallas texas and uh yeah it's like you know whatever it is 30 percent capacity just a few shows you know everybody's got masks on blah 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 and uh we'll see how it goes do you think the masks in the crowd are going to be a good thing? Whereas like you won't be able to pinpoint who's not laughing. Just the laughter is going to be a crowd mentality. Maybe, maybe, but uh, I'll take it. You know, if that's what it takes to get in there, I'm, I'm down. Like Brad Williams apparently did one, the little, the little guy. And uh, he said it was fucking awesome. He's like, it was just great to be up there again. And the crowds were so happy to, to be there and everybody was dying laughing and they, they, give you some leeway with the, how rusty we are. And he said it was fucking awesome. So I can't complain. I'll take anything. Yeah, definitely. And Texas is doing it right. And it's good to see them ahead of the curve and bringing back some live entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're doing, everyone wears a mask. They put butcher paper on the table. 
they they kind of like fumigate everybody and, and spray you with this and that and this Purell everywhere and they give you separate microphones for each comic. So say what you will, but they uh, they're they're giving it a good go. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're being safe. Yeah. The last question I had was somebody wants to know if Kevin Hart has ever if you've ever talked to Kevin Hart about using his name and if he's ever reacted to it. Uh, no, I've I've uh, met him. I opened for him once on accident. Like I was in the cellar and they're like, Kevin Hart dropped in. And I was like already on stage. And I still said, thanks a lot. I'm Kevin Hart. And he didn't even notice. He's just so in his own <laughs> world. I think he's a busy billionaire, you know, you know, American guy legend. And I don't think he, he even noticed. So I don't even know if anyone's told him. I, I've seen people tweet at him that I do this and he, uh, he's never written back. So I don't even know if he would get it if he was listening, but uh, yeah, it's never registered in his mind. No, for sure. Um, also, somebody wanted to know why your tagline used to be stank. <laughs> well, uh, for 10 minutes, you know, when tagging was big with spray paint, I was like, oh, that looks cool. I'll try that. You know, I was a skateboarder and all this. So I was like, yeah, that, that seems fun. And uh, so they're like, well, you got to have your, your tag name. And so I didn't want to sound like some kind of douchebag with like some cool guy name. So I was like, well, I want my name to still be humorous, but I won't stank. <laughs> no backstory, just first thing that came to mind? Yeah, like, you know, put, put some stank on it and maybe I stink and I smell. So that's kind of what I was saying. Uh, I don't know. It, it always had to be like a cool guy name, like you know, mellow or frozy, right. frozen or some bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. So I felt like Stank was in, a little bit less uh, uh, in, uncomfortable, a little less cringy. I mean, it's all cringy. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're spray painting on buildings. But yeah, that was me at some attempt to not be too douche chillsy. What would your tag be today? Oh, I'd probably go queef now. Queef it up. Definitely. <laughs> You'll be the new Banksy. Yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'll take it. All right, man. Thanks so much for doing this. The new special out to lunch is seriously the best thing I've seen since. I, like, I put it up there with Louis and Chappelle's wow. specials. It, it's Good serious. Lord. I'm serious. That's, like, it's just perfect. Seems, it's perfect. Seems crazy, but I'll take it. And, and Seinfeld sent me a nice message about it. So. People are watching it. Uh, it means the world to me, and I'm, I appreciate everything. I'm very grateful, and uh, it'll never happen again. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for doing it, man, and uh, stay safe or stay queef. Stay gay. All right. Stay Thanks, gay. buddy. Awesome. Keep Thanks it real. Praise Allah. Yeah.